Because I have a teaser for tonight's guest that I have changed my number one NBA player for the MMA rankings. I've got a new pick. I don't think I'm going to be alone. I'm going to let him have the chance to guess it. But before we get to all that, it's time for Verbal Tap, a show that proves fighting way easier from outside of the last few minutes of LeBron's elbow. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, is this just uh, like a birthday gift kind of thing? Kind of. I mean, speaking of birthday gifts, you want to know what's really great? Going to cover an MMA event and not working it. Really? Why did they not let you in? They took one uh, look at actually, you. Actually, that like, is one hundred percent accurate. They did let me in. <laughs> I tried to reach out to our friends at King of the Cage, and they did not get back to me. Ouch. As lo and behold, I still ended up going. And you know what was delicious about it, Kev? You I, that you got to do some guerrilla coverage, where it's like you just stormed it, no press credentials, just a vest. Oh, no, if I'm not credentialed, I go on vacation. Oh, you just drank some beers and ate some nachos. I did. And you know what's even better is the fact that, yes, I almost confused my friend Gabe for just another random Asian person who looked like him. Oops. Uh Uh-oh. I almost squared up with him because that's how I greet some of my friends. And I'm really glad that I didn't get into a real fight with a fake friend rather than a fake fight with a real friend. Anyway, Kev, it was glorious. King in the cage. Had a great time. But you know what's the best part is? The best part is, is that when you want to leave, you can. Yeah, you didn't have to stay and ask people uh, questions about if that's how they play in the fight. It's that. It's also not sitting there when everybody else leaves and then looking at the poor amateurs who finish out the night and saying, yeah, I guess I'll stay. It's fine should really do that all right i'm taking three photos of you and then i'm done oh so you still do it was glorious my thanks to friend of the show huber and you know his wonderful girlfriend his friends who invited me we had a great time it was really cool to catch up with him but we're gonna catch up with somebody today kevin and i want to tell you this i'm excited about this because the gentleman on our show today isn't a legit good guesser and he actually won a qualifier when you were not on the podcast a year ago, and I decided that I would cash in now mm-hmm. for him to return to the show. And the last time he beat Keith Kikorian, which some say is not a hard task. However, roll against him and tell me differently. He was also predicting on one of the last Dustin Poirier fights. And I thought, what better way to bring back good friend of the show? You know him. You love him. The host of the Protect Your Neck show. One. Dan Tom. Dan, how are you doing, sir? Raph, I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm actually not Dan Tom. I'm just an Asian guy who looks no, like Dan Tom. So don't you, in fact, have gone O for two, sir. Shit. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I want to just... point this out to you. I put that up, and one of my friends, when I said, guys, this was not Gabe, even though I almost went up to just go up to him. It was like, hey, what's up, Gabe? And one of my friends who saw the photo of the guy that I snuck goes you're lying that's game i don't believe you that's 100 percent game i think you're doing a, a bit and i was like it's not a bit it was not that dude so yes but i only got one person who called me a racist so <laughs> now it's two it's not the best batting average but i'll take it 
<laughs> no, don't worry. It's all love. In fact, it's actually something that happens to me, no joke, quite often, <laughs> that I've learned to just roll with the punches. In fact, after um, a fight, granted, we all had like extreme couture fight team shirts on, but uh, this kid, Kiyoski Yokohama, Japanese kid, um, fought someone from Planet, and the person from Planet he fought came up after me with his coaches, and they were saying, what a good fight I fought. And I didn't even fight that night. <laughs> and I just went along with it. And after the quick, like, handshakes and hugs, they walked off, and my teammates were just like, did they think you were Kioski? I'm like, yep. <laughs> I like that it. you just rolled with it. That's the number one. I think a lot of people would be like, oh, I'm sorry, that wasn't me, because they don't want to take credit. But it's like, you roll up to me and congratulate me <laughs> on a fight victory. I will be accepting your congratulations. Well, especially me, because I don't want to fight. So... <laughs> I should point out, I did make eye contact with fake Gabe. Oh. And I had to pull the Michael Sarah, I'm not staring at you, I'm staring up at the ceiling. Yeah. And it was it was awkward. So there you have it. Uh, I'd like to also give myself credit because I didn't have to bring that story up. But I did because I'm an honest person. Dan, what have you been up to? What are you doing? What's going on in your world, sir? Uh, aside, uh, you know, this being one of the uh, few podcasts I still listen to in the MMA world, yeah. I've been trying to, like, aside from work in the MMA world, like, try to, like, venture out of it as much as I can because it's kind of uh, kind of crazy, just like, uh, as you guys, you know, uh, mention and cover with MMA and BJJ, for that matter, right? But on a positive, um, it's it's been good, man. It's It's been good getting into uh, just other hobbies, going to get back into working out and getting back into uh, the aforementioned jujitsu, maybe take up a little photography. Life's grand, man. Ooh, this is this is all of the interest that I like. That's great, man. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, when you say that you're taking up hobbies, some of them still are within the realm of combat sports. Is there one that you've like, did you start taking up cooking maybe during the pandemic? Did you take up something that's like not what we do? Well, see, here's the problem, right? Because I'm going to get back into jujitsu, and that's still within the world of MMA, right? Um, and a lot of the things in MMA, you know, if if I can just say, it's a lot of a uh, lot of supremacy, a lot of a uh, lot of hate, hate, hate speech, a lot of dog whistling. Uh, so, you know, I had the bright idea. One of the main hobbies I've really been getting into. Uh, I, I've had an FJ Cruiser for some time. I've wanted one for some time. Uh, and as the outdoor craze gets out there, um, I, for me, it's just more for sanity. I've been wanting to get outdoors. And I figure, guys, what better place to avoid, uh, you know, to, to, to be enriched with people of color, diversity, <laughs> dog dog whistle free, you know? Uh, you know, there, there, there certainly isn't as many, you know, uh, Blue Lives Matter flags in everything I try to shop that's advertised to me now just because I look for car parts. Uh, so you mix that between BJJ, like my Instagram feed is just like, white supremacy and like terrorist <laughs> advertisements all the way through right now. So that's how my hobbies are going. It's got to be great, but I, I do beg. I have to <laughs> withhold all consideration until I see what's on the back windshield uh, until we're able to really get you <laughs> properly here. <laughs> no, no Punisher skulls. Don't worry. No oh, Punisher skulls. None of that. Oh, um, man. I don't want to explain yeah. why, but I was just having a conversation with a, uh, someone who's a semi-professional drug runner. And the basic yes. gist was they have a Blue Lives Matter flag on the back of whatever vehicle. He carries extra Blue Lives Matter flags, bumper stickers, so he can strap it on before every shipment. And it just got me thinking. I was like, never going to look at that fucking sticker the same. Thank you. So look out. Choice. Look out what you're supporting. That's my only mm. people selling those stickers for cheap. 
I have more pressing questions for the Dan Tom. Because we just need to take a quick second to recap an episode. You should go back and listen. And it's us talking about the NBA and MMA. If you don't, I'm going to summarize that up in one short interaction. Now, thank you also for not introducing yourself as the only person in the United States that predicted Jose Aldo would beat up my man Rob Italica. (laughs) But who do you currently think I think is the number one MMA fighter prospect in the NBA currently. Knowing LeBron got older, right? Can't have ab strains trying to fight John Jones. Not going to happen. There is yeah. your platform. Who do you think I think is number one? That's tricky because you right away um, took out the, uh, hot, not just the hot topic, but in general. But, uh, you know, as far as fighting goes, you know, you could argue that LeBron perhaps maybe proved something, maybe didn't. I don't know. Uh, but I don't know a lot about current NBA, so this is going to be real tough. Because according to me, uh, I don't know if we, we if I quite clarified this in our last show, which, again, I, I suggest uh, listeners here uh, go back and revisit if you didn't catch. But according to me, the NBA ended in 1998 after the Chicago Bulls repeated Damn. for the second time. And uh, Scottie Pippen was announced, uh, uh, you know, they moved him from uh, number 49 to number one, uh, which didn't really happen. But, you know, it did in my book. So, yeah, according to me, that's how the NBA ended. It, the it's still answer is Paul Pierce because of the video <laughs> that was leaked, the gravitas and the bravada, and the fact that he is now claimed just number one wild card status among NBA. Now, not current in the NBA. That was a little word trickery by me. To okay, say just right. just my current number one. So that's good. Right. We've gotten it out of the way. Raph, I'm prepared to move forward with whatever we'd like to discuss here. <laughs> um, and I wish I had tuned into your Twitter feed before I gambled on Rob Font. I would also like to comma clarify that. Ugh. Yeah. Bullshit. In the second okay. round, I was like, this is I'm. Anyway, I should we spoil that uh, Rob Font lost? Got, it's fine. I think people have had time to watch. We should, Jose however, Aldo. discuss. Oh my what God! Khabib. Jose Go Aldo looks a little like um, the Monopoly man's coming to collect his funds in 2021. He's jacked. His stash is on point, and he's he's gonna fucking get that railroad back. That's that was my last note of the fights. Out of acai jail and back to the way things used to be. Okay, so I don't know if you guys have saw any of this, but Khabib's been very vocal on the Twitter, but it did prompt some discussion. And Khabib was attacking someone like Jose Aldo, where he's like, oh, he's washed up. He doesn't know what he's doing anymore. And then Jose does a performance like this, and you go, oh, hmm. There is some truth to maybe what Jose was saying was, oh, if you go out undefeated and you can still fight, what are you afraid of? I'm a fighter. This is what I do. I don't care about my losses. Yeah, they're on my record, but I'm more than my losses. This weekend's performance looked like he turned back time to the point where I go, oh, my God, is he going to win again? Like, no, like the championship. Can he win a championship again? Because it looked impressive. So having said that, Dan, since Khabib did invite this conversation, do you hold Khabib's record over someone who has a late career resurgence like Aldo? Uh, where do I hold it? Or is it the one or the other? Are you asking me in regards to those two? I mean, the clickbait guy in me says, 
one over the other, but, you know, answer how you like. No, I got you. I get you. One or the other. Uh, I, for me, I'm a history uh, nerd, you know, uh, but not even because I'm a contrarian as well. But no, I'm going to say uh, Jose Aldo. I think a lot of the things missing with a lot of uh, a lot of the conversa- conversations uh, when we come to ranking legacies, whatever, whatever, you know, word uh, pound for pound statuses, however, we're going to go about it. I think that historical context is often locked. And granted, our sport's not super old, like. A football or a basketball or stuff like that but the history we do have i think means something especially when you have fighters like aldo who have like fought through different segments of said history so for me it's aldo hands down um undefeated records don't do much for me and and i would hope don't do as much as it would in other sports or combat sports uh for many in mma considering the nature of it okay second consideration They were also talking about the fact that hmm, with Khabib, when he does get out and you look at it and he invites that conversation, we all say, oh, you know what? We'll take that conversation up. And then you look at somebody like a Jose Aldo. Does the title defenses ever play into your thing? Because Khabib does have some very prominent people that he beat. But when you look at his number of title defenses, he doesn't even have enough fights in the UFC in comparison to Aldo's title defenses. Does that matter at all? Uh, it does. And I'm usually, you know, I may talk on both sides of my mouth. Cause I'm usually not a stats guy as far as like the way traditional stats and the way pundits, um, even analysts alike try to, you know, live and die on certain stats. I think that's, that's pretty silly with said sample size being so limited with MMA's history. Um, that being said, you do got to respect things like title defenses, and when you have a guy like Aldo, who has got kind of like that GSP or Anderson Silva argument or Demetrius Johnson argument, as far as they have that long line in one division, uh, th- those guys used to get compared to like the Coutures or the BJ Pens, where they don't have as many defenses, they don't have as pretty of a record, but they went outside of their division and suck out, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, looked for the hardest matches possible. Uh, whereas Aldo, now with his bantamweight chapter, you can say that, you know, whereas I love GSP, but even GSP, you can accuse a bit of cherry picking with uh, Bisping and not doing anything after. Whereas Aldo, he, you know, he's working his way back up the food chain like he's some young buck and he's he's taking out all the contenders. And if you had GSP on our top 20 minute bingo card, you are a winner, <laughs> lucky listener. <laughs> This... I will also ask this, Dan. You've been an observer of all things going on in the jiu-jitsu community as well. Uh, though, you know, you always are, are quick to be honest on how much you're observing in our community. What has been the most pressing thing that you have seen in the jiu-jitsu side that you may have questions about or that we maybe can give you some insight on? I love that you brought that up because that conversation you, you were having in the beginning uh, – I know it wasn't maybe about specifically a jujitsu classroom, but it made me think about avoiding classes and things of that nature. And um, as I'm getting ready to go back to the gym, uh, it does make me think about things I've heard you guys discuss with really qualified and frankly awesome guests that you brought into this program, um, as well as other shows as well, where they bring up kind of that friendly community. And I know I mentioned dog whistling, and I feel like there's a whole lot of that. You know, I look back at, like, my training partners and stuff, like, uh, on their Instagrams, and I haven't seen them for a while, right, guys? And when I go to their stories and everything, it's all, 
conspiracy theories and you know you know uh, every the blue lives matter rash guards by coaches you got you know bugaloo potential bugaloo boys in the class that are guys i would be my main training partners if i were to have uh, gone you know go back there and so i'm i'm honestly i'm not trying to make a big deal about it you know tm or anything like that but if i'd be lying if i said it wasn't on my mind and how that's gonna go you know um i'm already selected with who I train with just because I have a history of just being an excellent training partner, but also having to deal with bad training partners and getting injured because of it. And that's what's kept me off the mats for like half a decade of just really bad training partners, essentially. So I'm already have like a bit of PTSD as is pre 2020. Now going into it with the climate, you know, um, that's something else I have to consider now. And, you know, maybe I wouldn't have thought twice about, you know, I would have thought it was cool, but I wouldn't think anything of it if someone had, you know, uh, you know, BIPOC friendly, uh, a rainbow sign or anything like that. But now it's like I would I, I would love for more places to be open and dog whistle the other way, dog whistle in the positive, the open way, um, because, you know, I, I, I'm not going to try to target gyms, ask where I eat or pick on one gym or the other. It's pretty much all gyms, MMA and BJJ. Um, it's just been a massive influx of that. And that's something that definitely concerns me, uh, but also concerns me for, for others in, in this community. Kev, you want to take the first stab at this? Yeah, we're in a cultural renaissance due to popularity and every sport or activity goes through it. I mean, you saw, I think CrossFit got out to a better marketing start than jujitsu and really overtook us Mm. for a few years, but they weren't immune to these exact same issues, which is jujitsu was very customizable by the knowledge of the human running the gym. And what we found is a lot, 10% of those humans were complete garbage and Mm jujitsu spread with such ferocity so quickly that the governance wasn't able to keep up so we are just on the swing of a renaissance of having extremely important conversations at every possible level some of us tackling it a scotch more than others you're going to hear a lot of grappling podcasts argue that that's part of serious topics not necessarily things they would cover so you are spot on in terms of, of what you're noticing. My question, because I'm going to throw this as I comma it at Raf, if, if it's happening in jiu-jitsu, which I believe it is, I do not have that same confidence it's happening in MMA gyms, right? I don't know about that. So I'll just uh, preface that with jiu-jitsu starting to have the very important conversation. Where MMA is at? Whew. Good Good luck. All right, let me, I guess, give you my perspective as to what's happening. There are some good things that are happening. Conversations, people are getting louder uh, in terms of uh, representation on a different side. I think it's very funny because Kevin and I have always been pretty vocal about being like, hey, we're pretty liberal, but y'all, we're not going to try and oversaturate things. So it is nice that we have, I don't know, going from one to two liberal uh MMA and jiu-jitsu podcasts can be refreshing. But I think the bigger concern that people have in our landscape is that sometimes places don't feel safe. And I think if anything we saw during a pandemic is that we saw people have more time to be isolated and alone, which does not do well for people who suffer from certain mental health problems. I think it's safe to say a lot of people 
have a lot of mental health issues that they're going against, whether you're left or right. I think the difference is the algorithms that you see for Instagram and Facebook do tend to give you more negative people. And there is a correlation between people who are aggressive and go a certain way in our sport to incite that aggressiveness, to make you go to comment and make you feel like that's the prevailing conversation. Sometimes it is. Mm -hmm. But I really do feel like there are a number of people who, when you go to train, don't give a shit. The problem is they're not loud. So I get people who I train with who say very nice things whenever I put up something that I know piss off other people. We've got one guy who literally responds to everything that we put up that is not far right and just does an eye roll emoji. And I think he wonders if this upsets me. And I'm always like, yeah, dude, do whatever you want. I really don't care. If you want to leave, you can hop off at any time. You follow us. I don't follow you. It's just that people want to be heard. So I think that the hard part is, yes, we have people who are aggressively, annoyingly uh, trying to stir the pot. But if you don't give them that, their power wanes. They just like to heat check themselves and see what they can get away with. So it's part of the reason why it's like, hey, Gordon, I don't follow you either anymore. Big congrats to you. Love the jujitsu side. However, you're not even a rhetorical blue belt. I mean, I love it when people that don't have a college degree try and give me medical advice. I mean, I'm in, right? Don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong. It's amazing. It's uh, more so just what do you want with that anger? And if the answer is power, then I think you have your formula for why people get so incited. And I think that sometimes people just want someone to co-sponsor their shitty beliefs. So if they see somebody that they admire in jiu-jitsu who says it, they then forget, oh my God, I make fun of people who love actors who say dumb shit and worship those actors. So to me, people exist. I think you're doing the right thing in selectively choosing your partners. Um, but don't be surprised at the amount of people who, even as they heard this part of the conversation, hit the please speed up by 2.5 speed <laughs> and make us sound like chipmunks so they can get to the preview part. It's fine. <laughs> I understand you guys. What I would say is I think that uh, we have a lot more people that are starting to uh, prevail themselves. So I think you'll be surprised when you find them. And when you do find them, you're very appreciative to it. So. Sure, sure. Just my no, my no, no. my small observations. No, I I agree with a lot of uh, a lot of what you said there. I'll, I'll just I'll just add that like uh, you know it it's good to have these conversations too. So to hear that that it's being have you know done more, uh, even if it's on more maybe on one side than the other uh, as far as gyms go, that's cool, man. It hopefully hopefully it grows more. I'm I'm, I'm gonna do that honestly just at tunnel vision anyways. Even yeah. training at a place where a lot of like fighters trained, whether I was in media or not, I I'm not wired like oh look at that. Like I could give a crap less. I'm there to work and to 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 a detriment. I feel like I almost don't make enough friends with the friends that I am because I'm just I'm I'm just there to the gym to work. I, I go and I leave and almost to a fault. So you hopefully know it won't be too much of an issue for me. But you know you know it's great though is now you actually have a a platform. You have the ability to actually say what you want. And even though there might be some ostracization uh, through some sure. of it, oh, yeah. it, it's kind of great and refreshing. And I think it's part of the reason why 
I don't really get shit about what I believe. It's it's kind of one of those yeah. things where I just show up to train and I'm nice to people. And yeah, I mean, if you have really dumb views, I might try to heel hook the shit out of you a little bit harder. But <laughs> by and large, I'm not going to hurt you. Um, totally. So let's take a hard right to talking about our favorite guns and specifically our favorite gun <laughs> photos. Um, let's just really round third on the whole <laughs> topics. Okay. For our audience, I'm just kidding. But I would like to. I I don't know why as we got into this. There's there's a certain amount of. Uh, did you see the photo of the family that took like a holiday photo with guns? Every one of them had like a yes different yes. weapon. I just demand that your penis length be advertised with that photo. Like whoever's idea it was, it should, we should just get an idea for empirical research because I think those are not going to be big big diagrams. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I would almost rather be the family in the animal kingdom uh, of, you know, meme picture, you know, where the where the uh, where it ends up spelling anal kingdom with the uh, letters that are covered. I'd rather be in that photo than in the family Christmas gun photo. <laughs> I felt so bad for everyone in that photo. It's like you're not yes. Navy SEALs. Is that what you think you look like? Oh, fewer yeah. polos. Raph, um, yeah. what's the deal here? I. I'm already struggling that I have to have any adver adver adversarial reactions to this man because I'm on his Twitter, and it really looks like Bloodsport is in the background <laughs> of his Twitter. <laughs> I think by design. I think it looks wonderful. Yeah, okay. So, Dan, uh, you actually listen to our show, so yeah. I don't really have to give you ammunition on Kevin, but I feel, in fairness, according to the Fairness Act of, 1912 i don't know how long we've been doing this uh i have to give you an opportunity to ask kevin a question that you can use for ammunition so have at what would you like to ask kevin that will help better inform your ability to talk trash to him yeah i feel like uh i gotta just clarify a couple of facts i feel like the difficulty is uh we're, we're both perpetual like almost going on over our second decade into maybe having a purple belt is that you too kevin yeah yeah, I'm on a lifelong trajectory. I feel like I, okay, I can't if, talk shit about that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I feel good about it. I, uh, I'm on the similar one, so okay, I can't, uh, I can't take shots there. That's off the table. Um, I feel like, uh, you know, just, just, just from my uh, casual listenership of the show, I feel like uh, Kevin also to, to contribute to that uh, lifelong purple belt. He also like me, you know likes the adult beverages but also maybe uh, is nursing some injuries as well as the beers perpetually and finding a balance between those two self-destructive things is uh, a bit tough would i be wrong in in saying any of that kevin did you talk to dr schwarmer because my therapist is not supposed to give out <laughs> critical details in our quote unquote closed sessions why do you See, ask? This is the problem. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I too fit that bill, so I would be a hypocrite if I went there. All right, that one's off the table. God, this sucks. Um, <laughs> I, I don't they know make all these questions. new hard seltzers. Dan, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Not try every single one of them? One's called Ranch Water, and it's disgusting, and I drank 10 of them. Why? Oh, Wait, what? Oh. Hey, you're giving me ideas. Stop giving me ideas They're for the called ranch for water in the show. Okay, uh, but like, tub? is it water that comes from a ranch, or like, oh, I would like some yeah. ranch dressing, and I just <laughs> want to guzzle it? No, I think it's the first. Gross. Oh no, no, yeah, gross. Uh, the first one though, I think it's like ranch. It's water so tough you could drink it on the ranch. 
Right. This that water drinks water? back. I, I don't know. I hope. God, I hope it's not the other one. Like, well, <laughs> buttermilk wasn't going to do it, so we made one. Mm. <laughs> As Imagine. someone who enjoys ranch, I did go to Popeye's the other day, and I got a crispy chicken sandwich. And I have never looked at this, and I don't know why they would put this out on public display. But they have a little pamphlet that shows you how many calories are in each of the sauces. No, thank you. And I said, can I get one buttermilk ranch? And I looked down and I saw it was 130 calories. And I go, you can keep it. That's that's not good for me. That's a terrible choice. And then they put it in anyway, which I think is the ultimate insult. It's like, no, fatty. She took one look the, at you. She's like, you want the ranch. Here you go. <laughs> and of course, I ended up opening it because I'm only so strong. Speaking of which, I think it's time to transition to the game of Over Under Kevin. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are now at a segment of the show that we like to call Over Under Kevin. The way it works is very simple. We give each of the participants on the show 15 seconds to say who they think is going to win. Now, even though we technically award the person who gets the most picks correct, we sincerely actually crown the people's champion, the person who talks the best trash. Now, today we have two game competitors, one Kevin, the longstanding co-host of this show, and of course, Dan Tom, who is very good at picking. Now, we should caveat this and let you guys know, this is not his official sanctioned betting podcast. If you want that one, listen to his show later this week, because if you listen here and bet off of what we're saying here, you might bet on the person who has better abs, which, as we've seen, 50 <laughs> 50, really, honestly. So, gentlemen, do you both understand the rules? Kevin, do you understand the rules? I nicknamed him on my sheet Fake Dan Tom, so nothing can oh. be held against him in a court of podcast law. So, I think yeah, I understand. Dan, do you understand the rules? Uh, I understand the rules. I just don't appreciate you giving away my strategy of sexualizing the male fighters, as I like to do on that side of the equation to make my picks. But carry on. Well, welcome to Inside the, the Equation, fuckface, where we break it down <laughs> that way, too. It's just I love it. it's the hidden uh, secret sauce of this show to be like, hey, listen, if you listen to other shows and they don't view by abs. Are you really listening to a good show? Because guess what? They worked hard for those abs. And you know who also works hard for their abs? Well, this actually doesn't work. It's a transition. Some people Shit, we I thought know. it would work better. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Featherweight bout between Ryan Hall and Derek Minner. Kevin, you start off first. This is tough because it's both the gambling thing to do and the right thing to do jujitsu wise. But he does not have the scarier tattoos. So I'm going into this one light as a feather with Mr. Hall. Okay. Can't lose my jiu-jitsu card. All right. Fair enough. What do you have for us on this one, Dan? Um, I, I, I really want to go into this with a lot of dissension to keep this, uh, to keep this fun. But there's something about the way Derek Minner spells his, his name Derek with an A. It makes me want to say it like I'm a Kevin Smith character going Derek. Uh, and for that reason... 
I'll go with Ryan Hall. That and it's the uh, it's the big cage, so he can do his uh, his little karate impressions uh, oh, whenever God. he wants to. It was very depressing during the summer whenever he fought last time, when mm-hmm. he just got knocked out by trying to do heel hook nonsense, and I just thought, I don't want to see this. This is depressing. And I want to point this out. I've interviewed Derek, and I know Ryan. So this is tough because Derek is also pretty good at jiu-jitsu. I don't know that he's better than Ryan Hall at jiu-jitsu. Maybe not jiu-jitsu, Derek, if you're listening. Anyway, love both of these guys. Will be tough to watch. Uh, Kevin, are you already noticing that the person who is known for picking good, one might say, for a lack of a better word, started by emulating you? I told you... Several years ago, <laughs> I'm really good at picking. That was 2006. Nothing's changed, Raph. Nothing. The impetus for this show and this segment has only made it worse over the years in its reality. Uh, here's some good news. Dan, you get to go next. It's a middleweight bout between Jordan Wright and Bruno Silva. Go. All right. Uh, I, I like uh, Bruno Blundell Silva here. Uh, Jordan Wright, the Beverly Hills Ninja, I believe is his nickname. He uh, he looks like a really affable, uh, like a really sweet kid. And like, you know, I would want to root for him because he is uh, unassuming, as they like to call my brethren on commentary. But uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Brazilian here. He's got really good grounded pound. Uh, yeah, and he's uh, he comes from a striking camp uh, in uh, Sao Paulo, I believe. Hey, Kevin, what do you have for us on this one? A subscription to Disney Plus, and thank God right. I do, because I can recognize <laughs> uh, Prince when I see one. I'm going with Wright. It's a heavy underdog, which is why I'll be floating a little bit of cash on this one for an undisclosed sponsor. So I'm in Colorado. I can gamble. It's none yeah. of your business. It's not legal here. Uh, I'm going with Wright. Look at that jawline. All right. And Jordan is uh, of the community here in Los Angeles. He's had some good moments in the UFC. Got a savage knockout. Also has been knocked out. So a little, little dicey on that one. Don't know how that's going to go. Speaking of how things are going to go that I don't know, Kevin, tell me who's going to win this Bantamweight match between Dominic Cruz and Pedro Munoz. Go. I had a real moment with this one where I had to look at where this fight was and figure out if it was that Dominic Cruz and that Pedro. I was like, wait, wait, maybe this is Derek Cruz, his tiny younger cousin that is still fighting. I'm going to go with Munoz because I've been um, on a steady streak of betting against Dominic Cruz and it's been going really well for me. Smart, and especially recently. Dan, what do you have for us? Man, I've been a Dominic Cruz uh, defender, and uh, you know, even my contrarian ass can't can't really you know keep doing that when he has uh, only one split decision win in like five years. Uh, I'm gonna go with Pedro Munoz, but Munoz feels like he can just drop the ball. I'm surprised the lines this tight, but I'll, I'll go Munoz. It's the second uh, most surprising line of a fight to me, odds wise. I'll get to yep. my first yes, later because I have a real question. Go ahead. Fair enough. Mm. Uh, Dan, question for you, though. Okay, you admit you're a fan of Dom. You've had to defend a lot of dumb things that he said. And believe me. Mm. <laughs> I don't know about that he said. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, what do you think would be his keys to actually winning if he were to pull off a win, which you did not say he would do on our show? Things could change, but I'm just saying, what do you think would be the keys to Dominic Cruz winning? And extra bonus points if you don't say footwork. Go. 
Yeah, well, not just footwork, but again, back to the to the cage size. It's a big cage, so uh, if it was a small cage, it would be a much more confident pick against Cruz. Less confident because it's a big cage because he's going to have room for the footwork, and Cruz is smart with opportunistic takedowns, and if old man Edgar was able to do it without guillotine, getting guillotined, uh, I think Cruz can. I know he's not known for his grappling, but I do believe that he's a better grappler than giving credit for with who he's trained with and how he speaks of it. Understood. We're going to move on. It's another bantamweight bout. This time between Raulian Paiva and Sean O'Malley. Dan, who do you have for us? Oh, wow. This is a, this is a tough one. If not according to the odds, it's not tough. Um, but I don't know if I'm, like, you know, just leaning into my, like, contrarian, like, huh, you're going to get the easy road from the UFC. You know, that little voice in some of our heads, I guess. I'm just admitting that it's in my head. That being said, I'm still going to go with Howie and Paiva. Uh, I know he's coming up from flyweight, but he's been at Bantamweight. He should have been here for a minute. He's a big kid. Um, I really like him. He goes to the body a lot, which is what I like, and I think that's going to be here against O'Malley. But I hope he goes more to the legs, given what we've seen from O'Malley. Um, but he's also very hittable, too. So O'Malley could win this one, but I'm going to be leaning toward Paiva right now, as right now. So that would be my Gav, pick for the show. What do you got for us? If you told me a fighter left Friday after weigh-ins to get on a yacht with Machine Gun Kelly and Pete Davidson until his fight tomorrow, when they will all be arriving, I would be like, you talk about Sean O'Malley. There's no other fighter possible that does that or gets that invite. So I don't feel great about the O'Malley pick for that only reason. <laughs> there's just no fighter that's more likely to be on a private plane to nowhere on Friday night or Thursday, but you know, I can only do what I can do. So who are you picking on this? One? Uh, sh- the guy that would get on the flight. I'm on board. Okay, I'm jealous. You're, 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 he looks like he can recover. Okay. I don't think the hangover is going to okay. be that big a deal. You do a little Molly. You can still fight. Kev question for you hmm. is part of the requirements or whoever faces Sean O'Malley to be who? It is. They have had him on a murderer's row of you've never heard of these guys. And this one, I couldn't figure out the fight order for tonight for Saturday. This was another one where it's like, why? I guess they're trying to do this thing. And I get it because we, you know, we used to run shows. You want that first comedian to be someone super solid because if they don't start out laughing, they aren't going to end laughing. Maybe that's the goal. They're like, let's put him up at the front against someone. <laughs> it is kind of weird in the sense that we're going from Chandler Gagey to Sean O'Malley versus Guy. <laughs> uh, and again, nothing against <laughs> Senor Raul. It's just, listen, guys, we keep throwing these names at Sean O'Malley and he keeps entertaining them. And then as soon as we go, yeah, that actually makes sense. I think that, uh, that Yanez kid should take on O'Malley. Who is he taking on? Can we vote? They do Can not we let re-vote? us vote. They don't like the vote. Damn it. All right. Well, anyway, so those are my questions. We go now to yeah. Alex Perez in a flyweight bout taking on Matt Schnell. Kevin, 15. Well, this is tough. Matt Schnell has better abs. I'm going to say it. It's a little difficult because there might be some body hair, but, you know, I celebrate it. Perez is named after a friend of ours who once threw me onto concrete and then finished the Kimura. So I think I have to honor that plus the heavy betting favorite that makes me wonder what happened to the odds makers on this card. There is zero chance Schnell is plus 260 in this fight. 
I might make some money Saturday, bro. But I'm going with Press. Uh, Press is also a friend of the show, so I should point that out. Ooh. Not not just the Alex that we know, but I've interviewed Alex, so we're cool with them. I think I don't know. Maybe he hates me. Uh, Dan, what do you have for us on this? I swear this fight like already happened like once or twice, <laughs> like in the Tough House, uh, maybe in 2018 in the UFC. But no, it's, it's just it's just been booked twice. But that being said, twice for this year, which is weird. Uh, no COVID that I'm seeing, but I didn't. I just looked at the topology details. I didn't go. Google Hunt. I'm just going to go with the big favorite, Perez, just because not because he's the favorite. I, I've been a big fan of Perez. I think I picked him to beat Figueredo and was badly wrong on it, but uh, I, I picked him because I like his skills, so I'll pick him here. Fascinating. Who has been the fighter that has burned you the most? As an odds maker, I know that you know who it is. The question is, will you tell us? Burn me the most? Huh. That's t- I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's, that's tough. Uh Go ahead. What do you got? What do you got? You're, first of oh, all, his at handle is odds checker, not odds maker. And you're talking to the odds finder. So ask me, <laughs> Raph. Who's the wow, fighter that's burned all, me? Chandler, the asshole. Go on. Not on. over the last fight. I, I, you're supposed to be against him, not me. Where does this come in at the moderator here? I said I kind <laughs> of understood the rules. I'm always working on it. Wow. <laughs> This is the rudest thing that you've ever done on this show. I, I, if I had the power to mute you, I think I might. I'm not sure. It's kind of hard to figure out what these knobs do. But yes, fuck off. There we go. Handled. Dan, you yep. can think about that and let us know who's burning you the most later on. I will. I'll let you know. Okay. We're going to return to this. Women's flyweight bout between Jillian Robertson and Priscilla hmm, Coachella. Go. <laughs> Of uh, me? Yes, Dan. I said you okay. first. Sorry. Sorry. I, I was still thinking about who burned me, you know what I'm saying? But it certainly wasn't a Cachueta or, or, or the lady she's facing, which is actually maybe Gillian Robertson. You know, I've, I, I I feel like I picked her a lot uh, uh, in matchups, you know, like Maverick or other ones. I'm like, oh, yeah, she just has to take down the hype striker. And I always fall for those traps. So it's going to be like a submission fighter, like a, a Gillian Robertson. You know, maybe back in the day it was like Joey Lozon or something. I don't know. But I am going to pick, I don't know about play, but I am going to pick Gillian Robertson here. Robertson it is. Kev? Uh, give me Cassio. <laughs> I got so far into it before I lost my confidence. <laughs> you know uh, what it is? I think her name is what you are supposed to type in that proves you're not a robot. Isn't that what her name means? Cassioera. Yeah. Yeah. Not a robot. Mm-hmm. Not a robot. Uh, we're going to go to our next bout. Kevin, you're going to start us off right here. It is a welterweight bout between Joff Neal and Santiago. Mm. No Prohibido. fucking Go. way you can do it. There's a Z in it, Raph. There's a Z in it. Well, let me, okay, let me let me give you the little breakdown of how I fucked up that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're familiar with Arrested Development Comedy Bible? Yeah. Okay. There's a joke where they call it El Amor Prohibido, and every time I see Santiago's name, I want to call him El Prohibido, but it doesn't really work here, so I just shoehorn that in. Thus, comedy explanation. Jokes, fun. Kevin, go. Mi hermano. I'm going with Mr. Neal. And it is a pure... I just really can't say the other guy's name choice. (laughs) Dan, what do you have for us? This is cruel matchmaking because they pretty much 
paired up uh, two guys who, A, both almost died in recent years, which they both did. Their bodies almost went kaput on them for health reasons. And um, B, uh, you know, Santiago Ponzinibbio, he's been admitted to having bottles of wine during his training camp as a part of his air quotes process. That being said, according to Jeff Neal's recent DUI, he too likes to enjoy beverages during Here training camp. Here we go. But- First of all, <laughs> you, I... <laughs> So I don't know if Kevin wants to change his pick, but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Ponzi scheme over here. That's a good, you know what? That's a better one than I do. But I still like El Perhibido. But Kev, go ahead. Thanks. You have a chance to respond. I pick Gary Neal twice or Jeff Neal twice. I'm with him. I actually just accidentally <laughs> called him an NBA player. Uh, but no, I'm doubling down. Dan, question for you. Everyone inside you... the car was fine. <laughs> Dan, question for you. You have famously faced one Keith Corian in one of the few versions of Over Under Kevin without Kevin. How do you feel that this version differs? Um, you know, and again, it's probably much different on the mat. No offense, Kevin, but definitely much more bite uh, in this contest. You know, no offense to Keith. <laughs> God, no offense taken. Uh, no. Correct, I think. Texting him. Oh. Mm-hmm. He'll know. He'll be fine. Uh, Kevin, did you feel any animosity when we did that version of Over Under Kevin without you? I think it's one of only two times that we've ever done it without you. You said did as in past tense? No. Do as in present still? Yes. Haven't forgotten, haven't forgiven. Probably won't. <laughs> well, I think so far we're doing well. We're already at the midway point, which means it's time for the co main event. And that is a women's bantamweight bout between Amanda Nunes and Juliana Pena. It's finally happening, everybody. Dan, you go first. This one will merit 24 seconds. 24 seconds for you, sir. I'm going to need way more time. Just kidding. I'm going to go with uh, Nunes over here. Not, not, not much to say about that one. Uh, Pena, she's going to give it a give it a college try. Fair. Kevin? And so, I'll remind you, Juliana Pena is a friend of the show, but go on. Thank you for that reminder, adding a little bit of guilt, which I also didn't hear in the rules. I love this fight. I am really excited about Pena versus Nunez, and I'm excited every every effing time Nunez fights. I would once again argue I'd rather – I think Nunez is the lead. I'm her. If I'm her, I'm a little pissed I'm not the main event, just because of her, period. And um, she's probably a little too nice to, to give Dana the fuck you on that, but – I can't pick against Nunez. I'm not insane. Yeah. Like, this is fun, but good God. So, at some point, someone has to hurt her a little bit before I can start picking against her. Just a little bit. You don't have to, like, I'm not saying you have to actually do damage. A little bit of hurt. Haven't seen it. Here's what I'd like to when see. When was the last so- time she looked stressed? Not outside of the cage, right? You're trying to shoot commercials, have conversations, but inside the cage? I think I've seen her stress during a post interview that she didn't remember all the names of the people she was going to shout out. There's a lot of people. It's a lot of staff. Yeah. Yeah. She's kept us there for a while. I think um, she's great though. I love her. She also was famous for piggyback writing her way out of a post press interview, which I think is one of the ballerest ways I've ever seen somebody exit. Um, so kudos to her. True. Here's what I'd like to see. Nunez fights like O'Malley. See- both their opponents can't make it, and they're like, that's it. Let's just do it. She's game. I'm sure she is. Um, Juliana Pena, 
has done well in scrappy fights. I am not saying she will beat Amanda here. That's some wild statements. I am saying, though, when she makes it really, really gritty, she's shown some toughness in some really bad spots. I don't think that makes up for a lack of, and I'm sorry to say this, uh, a technique differentiation between the two. But I don't know. Maybe she gives us the one round that we want to see. That would be fun. I think it's great. And we've been waiting for this one for a while. People have been injured, COVID, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. So I'm just glad that Julia Pena is getting her shot at the title. It's fun to see. I'm a little concerned, but I wish her the best. A little concerned is nice. You said that nice. Yeah. I, I try to say that as nice as possible. <laughs> We're going to move on. Bantamweight bout between Randy Costa and Tony Kelly. Kevin, you go first. For just a second, I was like, Costa, isn't he the other guy? And then it was like, no, it's Paulo. I'm, go- I'm going with Kelly. That's a local pick. Done. Dan, what do you got for us? You know, I, I was thinking about maybe doing a surprise move here with Tony Kelly. You know, maybe he's riding high. His significant other, uh, Andrea Lee, uh, just came off a win. Maybe there's, you know, good juju in the, uh, I don't know if it's a household, but you know what I'm saying. That being said, I'm going to go with uh, more of Mr. Popular in the other sense of uh, Randy, Randy Costa. Um, I like his kicks and uh, his power. Um, if he doesn't get out of the first round, it might be trouble, but uh, I'll go with uh, Costa first round. Oh, and a round. Well, I'm actually going to note that. First round. Yeah, I'm putting it down. He doesn't get anything for it. But well, Most of his finishes are first round, and I believe memory serves Tony Kelly's one of the more of those guys that's got to get hit first and kind of build into it. So it's going to be like one of those two outcome fights on paper. So we'll see. Then I'll take mm. Kelly in the third round, Raph. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he should get two points if that, if that hits. Oh, we've done that before. Uh, It's harder to remember because when I do these things afterwards, I don't know that I'm sober when I tally these things all the time. So (laughs) can you make it easier for me when I'm drunk? It is one of the first things that I do. Oh, I should mention this. Hey, motherfuckers. In case you forgot, we're doing a fight companion. And by we, I mean me. Uh, Milton, Milton Arguello's Big Spot Social Academy. We're doing a live fight companion out of there. For UFC 269. So tune in. It'll be live. It'll be fun. I'll make fun of all the people at that gym. So tune in at Grappling Hour. At us. Do that. All right, Kev. You are not going to lead us off on this one. That is mislabeled. Dan, you're going to go first. And you're going to tell us who's going to win between Kai Kara France and Cody Garbrandt. Go. Ooh, this one is uh, honestly up in the air for me, but what I pick here, I will stick to, and I'll go with what I'm leaning. How about that? I'm actually not leaning toward the favorite. I'll, I'll lean to Kai Kara France. The one good thing he does have is a counter right hand with power. That's the one thing Garbrandt's susceptible to, maybe more susceptible with cutting the flyway. Give me France. Fascinating. Kevin, what do you have? Put it on the board. We're both Kara France. They're going to knock Garbrandt down to fight Cruz again, which is the fight that they should have done here, honestly. It's like, give me Munoz and somebody else. Give me Garbrandt Cruz again. I have Kai Kara France. Let's keep this party going. We're going to heavyweight. It's Augusto Sakai versus Ty Tuavasa. Kevin, you go first. Tuavasa. It's not close. I still can't watch him do a shoey without gagging, and I hope to get there. I think I'm like three or four fights away. I don't understand. 
and maybe it's me with Tuivasa and my irrational love for him. What the fuck is he doing on the undercard for this one? Is it just them trying to add something to ESPN? I was so confused by it. this. Was part of my what? Who's making the lineup for this one? Tuivasa is a star. Fights is too much. Put him on the main card. I, I was shocked to see that he'll be on the ESPN. Yeah. All right, uh, Dan. What do you have on this one? I would say that, but maybe they want some shoey action to get you in. But that being said, they don't even let you watch walkouts now with ESPN prelims, especially on like a giant pack card. They're going to be like just cramming these dudes out here. Yeah, they're not going to show you. The odds makers makers clearly don't even care either because not that this fight doesn't deserve to be a pick but there's some fights where it's like, I bet you this was just the odds makers were like, you know what? This isn't even worth uh, analyzing because anything can happen. It's freaking heavyweight. Let's just make it an even fight. Let's see where the public takes it. Um, I think that's what happened here. I don't. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not sure who Kevin picked. Uh, I'm going to go Sakai. Yes. Good. Go opposite. Opposite. I think he picked yep. two of us there. So he did a great job on that one for me. It makes it much easier. We're going to go to our next fight and a friend of the show, Aaron Blanchfield. He's going to be fighting in the UFC in a women's flyweight bout against Miranda Maverick. Let's go, Dan. Shoots. Uh, I'm going to go op- opposite of a friend of the show. I guess I'll keep that flow going. And, uh, you know, in case you give Kevin an out, in case he wants to back Blanchfield or not, um, she Blanchfield did open as the favorite, uh, but public money came in on Maverick. And I, I'm going to agree with it. I like what I saw from Blanchfield, but I feel like I've seen slightly more from Maverick. And I'm of the camp that believes she didn't lose to Barber. So I'll go no, Maverick no. there. All right. Kev, what do you got for us? I haven't forgotten. When I ask about G and a G two to Halleck, and I haven't forgotten the blood on this podcast that runs thicker than a cool name like Maverick, which is objectively a cool name. I think that's why the public's coming in on it money wise. I don't think they even understand. They're just like, cool. Blanchfield, I'm team verbal tap. Let's go. Blanchfield, a former EBI winner, should note that one. Yep. So just wanted to Get say Get it to the ground. To which is coming <laughs> back. Yay. So, Kevin, you're going to continue this. Are you going to go for Andre, cousin of Frankie Munoz, or Eric Anders? Go. I was having a lot of problems with this because I love the name Anders. I just love the name Anders. Can't get enough of it. But I'm going to go with Munoz because I like Anders for like someone I'm going to hang out and maybe do some comedy with. Not fight. noted let's go to our next pick what do you got for this one dan man i was hoping kevin would go with your boy eric anders uh but he is not your boy and i'm gonna go uh with the the boy that uh i I don't know if i can say that can i i'm gonna go with the fighter (laughs) that kevin back andre muniz Uh, i i've been a big fan of muniz he's he's a he's made me some coin he's definitely not a fighter who's burned me to answer not really answer your question but to touch on it Mm -hmm. um and i'm surprised speaking of that I'm surprised he's kind of not a bigger favorite, and I'll just leave it at that. But you can tell where my my, my eyes are going to be going for uh, maybe betting later. Should note, Eric Anders is a friend of the show. so I, I like Eric Anders. Interviewed him on MMA Junkie Radio, and he's, he's a friend of a lot of shows. And I think the line well, reflects Hey, hold on. This isn't cool a competition, guy. okay? I could text him right now, too, if I wanted to. I'm going to start a show. Well, no, I'm just MMA Rehab, because I'm tired <laughs> of the stereotypes being put out there. No, no, right. I'm just saying that Eric Anders does a lot of shows, and I think a lot of people are are, are cool with him because he's just like a super cool guy. I'm yeah, like, I just so I, I don't want that to be lost for sure. I'm just I'm just trying to pick 
uh, unbiasedly, but he is, he's definitely a cool dude. Fair enough. You hate him. Got it. Text it. <laughs> Another weight bout. And Dan, so you know the rules. You know that there's going to be a wager. I don't have to tell you those sorts of things. Again, oh, yeah. they're never financial because jujitsu. I'm like, we don't make money. So instead, just think of some fun ones. We usually defer to the guest, as you know. So take a minute, think about it. But before you do that, featherweight bout: Josh Emmett versus Dan Ige. Who? Fifteen go. All right. Uh, this is gonna be a little bit of bias here. Hawaiian from Extreme Couture. That being said, I probably would lean toward the dog in a competitive fight like this. Emmett's overperformed, but the dude's coming off of like a ridiculous amount of health issues. Um, not that he is old or has a ton of miles, but you know, he isn't the youngest, uh, I believe either. And he does cut a ton of weight to get to the weight class. Hasn't been there for a minute. Uh, I'll go with dynamite for the upset, but would not be surprised if Emmett wins this. Got it. Kevin. I'm going, yeah, I'm going with Emmett, uh, just because he's my age. And I do have a birthday coming up, which is a warning. I might not be able to watch these fights. Might be at a place called Hotel Diablo for some unspeakable adult events. <laughs> but I'm definitely, <laughs> I'll keep a side eye out for uh, Emmett. Well, here's the good news. I found one of the few people who I know could actually serve as a de facto co-host and that Kevin can be the guest on next week's show. So... <laughs> One of the few people we can trust to do coverage, Kev. Thank God. <laughs> All right. Final fight. Gents, for this one, I'm putting 30 seconds on the clock. I can't tell you how excited I am about this one. And I'll start with saying this. Both of those gents have put out a great statement about the other in terms as to why they will win. And I believe it started with this. Poirier saying, I'm the undisputed world champion, and I don't think this fight is going five rounds. Yay. And Charlie Olive saying he's a guy who deserves all the respect in the world, but he's not taking the belt. It'll be easiest for him to just buy a belt and take it home. Yes, more. Hook it to my veins. Speaking of which, Kevin, who is going to win? 30 seconds on the clock. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me to price belts. Charles Oliveira. Oh, I'm so, I thought you were going to be like, how much is a belt? If he has to buy it, Kevin, I was going to go find it. I almost did it, but I was like, I know it's going to come in the analysis. <laughs> I am going to go with Poirier, who I think is quicker to get on UFCstore.com and put 850 towards a fake belt. I have been... It's Poirier, right? That's how you were introing the fight. I got too excited when you talked about the buying. I've been waiting to pick against Oliveira since he won the title, and I feel fantastic about it. Wonderful. All right, Dan, your time to shine. Who do you got? This is tough, man. Um, uh, Oliveira, he's he's he's. Uh, I've been a fan of his, even though I, I I was probably betting against him too. Like like it sounds like Kevin may have been with Chandler. Um, but uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm watching. Sorry, <laughs> I'm watching Dan Hooker versus uh, Dustin Poirier right now, and I feel like this this fight is going to decide it for me. I have not finished the fight, but I'll tell you who I'm leaning toward. It makes it a lot easier because it's the opposite of Kevin's pick. It is Chucky Olives. Speaking of Dan Hooker, I think he messed us all up by saying Charlie Olives. He ripped off the uh, MMA Analysis podcast who coined the Chucky Olives. 
so you know, shame on you, Dan Hooker, for that. Uh, Dan follows me, but whatever. He will. Uh, he can beat me up or something if he sees me in Vegas. But uh, no, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Oliveira here. Um, originally, when I broke this fight down, I said it was gonna depend on what cage it takes place. If it's a small cage, I'll go with Charles Oliveira to get his wrestling going, his underrated wrestling. Uh, if it's the big cage, which it's going to be in, I take Poirier, so that that could bode well for Kevin's pick. But I'm actually going to go with Oliveira here. Um, I, I like him to pressure and the direction directionality. Uh, I like him to finish within the first two rounds. But if he doesn't, and it's later rounds, you're in a you're in DP territory, phrasing Dustin Poirier territory. Uh, so, but I'll go Oliveira. Well, we might end up in that territory. Never. Sorry. <laughs> we might. <laughs> All right, Dan, I got to ask. We, as tiebreakers, will do fight of the night and performances of the night. So I need two performances of the night and one fight of the night. Who can we count on for you for those? Uh, I'm going to go with... Woo! I'm going to go with uh, Kai Kara France, Cody Garbrandt for fight of the night. Uh, even though I'm picking my guy to win by knockout, so that's probably, probably a bad pick. But I'll stick with it. I'll stick with it. Uh, and then I'll go with... Uh, Dan Ige for performance. He's got a, he's got a nickname 50K, and he's you know mm-hmm. friends with management and crap. So you gotta you gotta figure that's a good bet. And uh, for this for the last but not least bonus, uh, I really hope they don't go give it away in the main event. But a lot of these fights could be close, boring, or slogs uh, early on. So I'll go uh, double down on Chucky Olives. Yeah, Kev. Uh, performance of the night one Nunez. Performance of the night two Emmett. Fight of the night O'Malley Paiva. Mm. feeling good about it all right with 15 well, fights if it this... comes down to those three i'm gonna be just really impressed <laughs> real quick I'll, real quick i'm surprised neither of us picked the drunk guys to get fight of the night with neil and ponzanibio understood or, or to Ivasa. yeah we left a lot of drunks on the table <laughs> they're all undercard it's hard to get that fight of the night undercard wise uh let oh, me ask this we defer to the guest dan what are you feeling what do you feel like would be a good wager? Dude, I, I feel like Kevin made it easy for me, man. And uh, I believe he said he went delirious drinking 10 of, I don't know if they're Donald Cerrone ranch waters, but some type of ranch water cooler. Can we replicate that? Can we replicate a, 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 a uh, you know, maybe not 10. I don't want, I don't want Kevin to kill himself, you know, but, uh, you know, can we, can we get a drink off for the camera on that from, from my end of it? A yes. six ranch water toast. I oh like God. it. I like it. Well, uh-huh. little social okay. media post. Right. Yeah. A six ranch water <laughs> toast to the better man, which is decided this week <laughs> by these picks. Because I still don't know if it's ranch buttermilk or ranch from a ranch. I'm so concerned. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Listen, we are, we are very short on time, but you know the rules. We'll have you back on next week. If you are available, we'd love to do that. But we would like to have an opportunity for you to go ahead and plug your stuff. Where can people see and hear and listen to your show, sir? Uh, I'll just plug the only social media platform I'm on because I link everything I do there, which is uh, Twitter at Dan Tom MMA. You can find my work from MMAJunkie.com or uh, Protect Your Neck podcast stuff, any of that. Um, you can do it by searching the old fashioned way with Google, but if you want to find me at Dan Tom MMA. Dan, you are one of the best. We love you so much. We look forward to bringing you back on next week after we see some fights, my friend. We hope you have a great rest of your day. Look forward to talking to you guys. Thanks for having me on. That'll do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight. (laughs) 
number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is, please note, the new number is 